Welcome to The Creator's Adventure, where we interview creators from around the world hearing their stories about growing a business. People talk about being a solopreneur or having a career, and it doesn't seem like there's too much in between. But what if you have a career and want to be a solopreneur, but really enjoy the job that you have? We're going to talk about how that fits in and how you can do both. Hey everyone, I'm Brian McAnulty, the founder of Heights Platform. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, we're here today with Jasmine Katadakarn. She is a creative leader and entrepreneur with 20 years of experience in animation, VFX, and tech. Jasmine co-founded the Academy of Animated Art, an online school that brings in six figures in sales yearly. She manages this while working full-time at a Fortune 500 company. Most importantly, Jasmine is a mom of two young children, and she has designed a life that prioritizes what's most important to her, creating systems and strategies that allow her to excel in her career and business while still being present for her family. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. It's always interesting to hear your bio like said out loud to yourself. It's like, huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Awesome. All right, well, well did, did I do it good with the bio? Do, do you feel that that described you well? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Approved, right. let's say. Great. Yeah. So my first question for you then is, what would you say is the biggest thing that either you did or you are doing that helped you to achieve the freedom to do what you enjoy? Yeah, this is an interesting question. The first thing that came to mind was freedom, right? Like every freedom is such a, it's a word, but freedom means something different to everyone. So for me, you know, it came down like, what am I thinking, financial freedom, work freedom, life freedom, but in general, in a high level, like broad sense, the biggest thing, and this took me quite a while, is to just give myself permission to pursue what I really enjoy, not what others told me I should go pursue to become quote unquote successful. Um, I'll say it was, I always loved the arts, I always loved being creative, but I, didn't give myself permission to do so until after college. It wasn't until I was 21, I had graduated from college with an economics degree of all things, because that was you know, the kind of proper way to go, to go into finance, that I, gave, I finally gave myself that freedom to say, no, this is not what I enjoy. What do I enjoy? And I sat down and I was like, I wanna do something creative. And that's where I think my freedom journey started. And the other thing would be to, in the same kind of, like, in the same kind of thinking is to think outside the box, beyond the social norms. Because even as, you know, I embraced the freedom of what I enjoy, the creative, it took me a while to think outside of the nine to five, right? To be like, okay, I have to design my life around, you know, work life. Um, personal life, it fits into these boxes, they can't cross over, if anything seems like out of the unusual, I felt a little strange, um, like I was doing something wrong, but more recently, as I grew in my career, grew in my personal life, I realized, you know, thinking outside the box, creating my version of freedom, my version of how I want to live my life is like, really has brought me so much joy, especially in the past year. So. I think those two things, just giving yourself that permission and then thinking outside of what we were taught 
and what does it look like to you? Yeah, it's a great answer. So back in like the early days of your career then, like were you always in like animation and VFX then after school or like did you do something else and like what what were like the big challenges that you faced in the like that transition that you're talking about of like realizing like oh I want to be more creative yeah so it wasn't a straight path for me after I after I I honed in and realized what I wanted to do then I could be focused and put it in but before that you know growing up I was um encouraged to be a doctor I should say strongly encouraged to be a doctor so when I started college and I still remember I wanted to apply to art schools like in my, like, I remember thinking, oh, I'm just gonna apply to like RISD for fun, right? But I can't take it seriously. Um, so I always had that inside me, but I was like, no, I gotta be pr- practical. I have to do this route. Mm. So I was pre-med my first year of college. And then um, I realized I did not love it enough to pursue that whole, you know, medical trajectory. And I was like, what can I do next that won't like? Uh, caused too much chaos in my family's life. And that's why I chose economics. I, I like math, you know, I thought it was a practical route. I still like numbers, but so that's why I went to economics. And so when I graduated, it was, there was a key point in my uh, journey where I was going to iBanking interviews my senior year of college. I still remember downtown New York City and, you know, the big investment firms taking those interviews and there's one interview where they asked me I still remember wearing that business suit and they're like why do you want to go into finance why do you want to go into iBanking and my my I think the inner voice probably got like frustrated with me enough at that point that I could hear it and be like you don't want to do this you can't do this and I remember I gave that BS answer I gave an answer it was probably like a pretty good answer you know and I left that interview and I did not go to another interview. I was like, enough, it's been enough. Let me pursue what I actually enjoy. And that summer, I, I didn't know anything. Like I had done, I've done arts all my life, but as a hobby, right, on the side. Mm. And finally I'm like, where can I start? And this is back in the early 2000s. And I was like, let me learn like Photoshop, Illustrator. So I took some like super basic Photoshop Illustrator classes in my hometown and I started building a portfolio just that summer, super motivated because I finally like took this leap. I think about it now and I was like, would I have that much courage now to make such a big change? I don't know, probably, but, um, and so I made a portfolio and looking back on it, it was, it was a horrible portfolio, but, Um, It got me in the door to become a junior package designer at Godiva Chocolatiers, the chocolate company. Mm. And um, at the same time, the person that taught me the Photoshop, the 2D software, the Photoshop and Illustrator was actually a 3D person. And he was like, you know, you're picking this up really quickly. Do you want to look over here to this 3D software I'm working on? working with and I had never seen 3D before like in, in a software it never occurred to me I don't have that origin story of like watching you know Monsters Inc or something and knowing I needed to be in 3D animation a lot of my colleagues have that story I just never had it and then I saw this software and what 
that he was doing it. And I was like, wow, that, that's amazing. I've never seen that. And that seed stuck with me. So I was, even though I was doing junior, uh, I was doing package design, which was really interesting at the time for me. But I was like, you know what? That 3D over there was really interesting. So the following year, I applied um, to NYU for a master's program in digital imaging and design. And then that's how I gained that 3D expertise. I ended up working for a year. This is ironic at NYU Medical Center for the medical school doing uh, 3D animations for the medical school. So I joke that I was like <laughs> still trying to like bring in my past um, experience and kind of combining it. And then eventually um, I went to, into visual effects where I worked on a lot of commercials and um, film and then to feature animation at Blue Sky Studios where I worked at on the, like the Ice Age movies, Ferdinand. And yeah, that's how I, so it's not super straightforward, but I think once I saw what I, like it took me 22 years or 21 years to see what I actually wanted to do. And then once I saw it, I was like, okay, let's go get it. Great. Yeah, so I think the like the course and everything that you have built now is something that's a really interesting topic in the sense that like what you've created is like a lot of people I feel would have a similar thought of like, wow, VFX animation, like this is a cool thing to learn. And maybe they, they even start to experiment it with it and like learn it, but then there's a huge gap between like, okay, I've figured out how to do this and like I'm skilled at it versus like, how do I make a career out of this? Mm. And from seeing your courses, it looks like you're like bridging that gap. And I mentioned this because I feel like if somebody else is listening or watching this right now and they're thinking like, okay, well, I know I'm good at this thing, but like where, where is how I like, what do I need to teach people about? Um, it might not actually just be like, oh, like this is the exact like technical thing of how you do it, but it could be like things like, well, this is how you can make a career of it. These are the things you need to know. And so, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of potential and, and things in like building that kind of course, but I'm more interested in like, what's the story of why you decided to start Academy of Animated Art? Yeah, I mean, it's very much in that same kind of um, story where I was going on recruiting trips for my studio, Blue Sky Studios, um, to recruit students um, to, you know, get a job in the industry. And, you know, I was going to great schools like SCAD and, you know, some really good art schools. And I was looking at the student portfolios and I realized specifically in lighting. So my specialty for um, the past 20 years has been in lighting. There's many, there's many different um, departments within animation and lighting is a, is a specialty within it. And specifically for lighting, no one had the work, the portfolio to get that job, that intro job. And I was thinking, and I came back to the studio and I was talking to one of my coworkers at the time, um, how sad it was that you know, students spend so much time, so much money on this education, and then they come out with out the knowledge they need to just get that first job. And he also had gone through and gone to recruiting trips too. And he was like, you know what? I saw the same thing. And then I got back to my own uh, education 
And while, you know, I learned the basics, I basically learned how to like push, very much focus on software and like pushing those buttons, but they didn't really teach you what you needed to know to get into the job. And it's like, it's kind of by luck, right? It's like people that have talent or have the grit to like go, go and like get those jobs. Um, so we, we kind of looked at each other and at one point we're like, you know what? We know exactly what studios are looking for, what you need to become a successful artist. Why don't we just teach it? And that's exactly what we did. So that's where we started the academy. And that's why our focus is, because I'm a very practical person still, like I need a goal. I don't want to just teach someone to teach someone. Like, no, I'm going to teach you exactly what you need to know to one, become a great artist, not to just learn a software, learn the foundation so you can use any software. But then number two, to get that job, like just like super focus in, not deviate you at all and get you that job fast in the door. And that's how you grow. So that's uh, that's how that we created. That's the start of the academy. And that that's what drives us. I mean, it's great to just create to create, but even better to impact lives with actually getting them a job and you know then they get their dream their dream job and their dream life yeah awesome well i i think you described it really well and it's so important because what you're doing is like you're providing this result for people nobody wants to like just learn the software there's a reason yeah. they want to learn the software and it's because they they want to become this great artist and they want to be able to build a career out of that so yeah, exactly. that's excellent yeah. All right. One of the things I want to discuss is that, uh, and we talked a little bit quick about it in a kind of pre-interview, that other than being a co-founder, you also are still at this full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so, and besides that, you're also a mom of two. So I'm curious, how do you achieve optimal work-life balance? But also, like, what are your thoughts about that? Because... Some creators, I feel like, think like, okay, well, I am doing this job and then maybe I'm going to quit it and then I want to become this like full-time entrepreneur. And yeah, so I I feel like there's a distinction where some people feel like they have to be like one or the other. What do you Mm -hmm. feel about that? I have lots of thoughts on that. So first I'll start with, um, yeah, so I still, I've always had a full-time job while creating, you know, my academy or any or coaching or anything else I do. Um, you know, if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have said my goal is to quit my full-time job and success looks like running my business um, completely, you know, full-time and, you know, having a great life. Like that kind of uh, romanticized, like ideal scenario of an entrepreneur. and. What I realized through the years is it's, and this is kind of also like thinking outside the box out of the social norm, like a norm, that's like a norm entrepreneur, right? That's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. You start on the side, you quit. And not to say I'm not going to do that in the future, but I've kind of reframed it in my mind that, you know, I, I no longer think of it as a fail that I'm working my full, I do it by choice. I don't have to do it, first of all. Like I could do that path of just going full on into my um, academy and all my other endeavors, but I do it strategically. Like what I look at it now is 
I try not to say full-time job. I just look at it as another, almost like another business, right? Like everything has its part to play. I, I look at things as like, kind of like a puzzle piece, like a big puzzle. And this is an analogy that I like, because it kind of makes, and it makes sense. It's like, we have these puzzle pieces of life, right? Uh, we have work puzzle pieces, we have personal, we have kids, we have all the things that make us, and we're kind of the big puzzle. And the puzzle changes throughout life, right? Like a piece that was once important, maybe not as important anymore. But instead of leaving it there, then it's like, let's get creative. What what puzzle piece do I want to put in there now? And puzzle pieces changes in size, right? So the way I look at it is my, like for instance, my full-time job now brings in a lot of things that I can't get from my academy, right? Like it nurtures a lot of the business, well, a lot of the leadership things that I probably couldn't get in isolation. And it fosters a lot of like the tech side that it like, and it all fits together in a way to create this master puzzle <laughs> that makes me really happy, like kind of that freedom to enjoy. It's like, you don't depend on one person to bring you like pure happiness, right? If you did, then that's actually a problem because <laughs> that's a lot of um, pressure on that one person. But then it's it's probably not, it's not to be possible. That's why you have friends. That's why you have your significant others. That's why you have your family. Everyone kind of plays its part. So it's what I think about work now too. To just have one thing that you work on, why would we do that? Why wouldn't we do, put multiple things together? And I found this a lot, especially in the creative field, when I was working as an artist that, you know, you have all these creatives under a studio and they're amazing. But what happens is they put all their creativity into that, that job. And then, but it's a job. At the end of the day, it's still a job. And then a couple of years go by and they feel themselves like deflating a little creatively. Um, and, they, and then they wonder what happened. And I was like, because you put all of your eggs in that one puzzle piece, when really that is one piece of the puzzle, right? It gives you, you know, money, but it also gives you kind of that creative freedom in one way, but you still have to embrace other things. Like I used to take wood making classes. I used to take the most random things while I was a computer artist. Cause I was like, I need to keep that going. Um, yeah, I took like a stained glass class, like things that don't relate at all, but we'll keep on sparking that, that puzzle. So a long winded way of saying, think of your life as a puzzle. And that's how I've been doing it. And that's when I realized, you know what, if I just had only my business, my academy, I'd probably be missing something somewhere else. And I also wouldn't be growing as quickly and learning as quickly and gaining those different perspectives. So that's why I designed it the way I do now. And that's why I kind of feel like this is my, my version of success and freedom, because I have that freedom to kind of figure out the different areas I want and put together. So that's that answer. <laughs> that was kind of long-winded. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, no, it does. Well, I just want to say that I, I think it's, it's interesting because you have, uh, like you mentioned a woodworking mm -hmm. class, right? And it might sound silly, but like, I'm sure that like there was something that you did there 
that you made a connection with that, even though it's completely unrelated, that like sparked some kind of inspiration in what you're doing with other things and with the animation and VFX. And I found that to be true myself and in, in things that I do and other hobbies and things that I, I do. I think it's completely unrelated things can really help spark ideas in other things that you're doing. So I think, yeah, it's important to, to not only like people say focus is important and I agree it is, but, but doing these other different things really help you expand your creativity and yeah, your thinking. I couldn't agree more. I recently just came from a, a sound exhibition last night and someone asked me if I wanted to go and I was like, mm. you know what? I think I do want to go because you never know. I'm not a sound per I'm not a music or a sound person, but I was like, I bet I can get something out of like something's gonna happen. I'm gonna think of something, and it's great. It's just like, and it doesn't even have to be that specific thing. It could be whatever you see walking to it, right? Be like, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So just keeping keeping open. Um, I totally agree with that. And then on the point of um, like the work life balance, having all of these things, especially with the family. I have two young kids, seven and five, so they still are quite dependent. Um, the big thing for me, and this is an iterative process, right, is, well, one, to be clear, to be clear on what your priorities are. And, you know, I know we all say what, you know, be like, what's your priority? And I feel like by default, everyone, if you have a family or even if you, like, they're like, oh, my family, my kids or whatnot. But then sometimes you look at their schedule and it doesn't really show that, right? Um, so I think the big thing is like, be clear on the life that you want. Because one thing as an entrepreneur I found is, and I talk to people about this, when they're deciding what, path, what type of entrepreneur they want to be, I was like, what lifestyle do you want, right? Because the person that opens up a restaurant, let's say, is going to have a very specific type of lifestyle versus a course create an online course creator or someone that wants to open up a big tech company, right? It's and I was like, before you invest into whatever vision you have, make sure it's the life you want. Because often, you know, what about the restaurant owner that doesn't like to work nights or, you know, wants to take that vacation but finds for the first couple of years, they can't take any vacation. They're working seven days a week and they're working late evenings and they're not a night person. It's like, these are like the things you should think about before. So one, be clear. Be clear about the life you want to have and then design whatever you're planning from there. Um, and I think in that vein, the way that I, it really helps me, especially as a mom, is I carve out time for my kids and my family, because that's like easily the first thing to go, especially when you get busy. But this might sound not like organic, but I will actually put it in my schedule because I joke now if something's not in my schedule, it doesn't happen because I'm always looking at it. So I'll, I have blocked out times for like each of my kids, essentially, like a one-on-one -on -one meeting, the same way you do one-on-ones at work. Why not do that with your kids and then you have that dedicated focus time so basically carving out that time to actually prioritize so it's on your calendar when you get busy you see it and think of it as like the most important one-on-one -on -one, the like the one-on-one -on -one with the CEO right you're not gonna miss it it's there and that's how you prioritize that and then the biggest thing is 
think of yourself as the CEO of your life. Um, and I know this is, it's kind of like, of course, you're leading your life, but I feel like a lot of people don't think of their lives like that, especially if they're not a leader, per se, in their, in their job or whatnot. They're like, I'm not a leader. I'm like, everyone's a leader. Everyone's a leader of their life. So imagine you're the CEO of your life, which you are. How can you maximize your time? And I think time is the most precious thing that is the first thing to go out the door. And the biggest thing when you're trying to balance all this stuff out is look at what you're doing. What can you delegate? What can you stop doing? Because as long, and that's the way of thinking of like a CEO, right? Like CEO is not doing everything. It's kind of looking at the high level view. So look at the high level view of your life and look at all the things you're doing. Even like you can get even super tedious and you know, put it all out there and then see what can I delegate? What can I stop doing? And then get that time back. And that is when I feel like the work-life balance really comes into play. And, and, then, and then life's good, and then you're enjoying it exactly how you designed it. So there's a lot of things in there, but overall, mm. yeah, just be clear about what you want. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I would say to, to one of the earlier points about like the, the scheduling time and even like putting it on like the calendar for uh, spending mm -hmm. time with your kids, I would kind of challenge anyone who would like have an initial reaction to that and say like, oh, well, Jasmine's doing that. That doesn't really feel like organic or whatever. But like the point is like, it's not about like if you, if you have your own way of scheduling things that you don't have to use a calendar or whatever, that's fine. But the, the point is that if you really sit down and look at like how you're spending your life, the, you should look at like, are there things that you're doing where you're spending time that's not actually what you would want to be doing? Like, are you sitting there on your phone, like scrolling through social media mm -hmm. for like hours when you could be doing all those other things, right? And so by you going through that exercise and saying like, this is actually on my schedule, you're ensuring that like the things that are important to you are where you're actually spending your time. And so I think that's really important to for everyone to think about. And I like that concept of like, you're the CEO of your own life because I found that like, it applies to so many things of like lifestyle of like, I feel like it applies to even like where you spend, like investing your money on, like for, for personal enjoyment, even not just like business. But I, I find that like, if you ever feel that you're comparing yourself to somebody else that you see, like, let's say like, Oh, they have this cool thing or they have this cool lifestyle, whatever it is. And you think to a second for a second, like, oh, well, I want that. Realize that you're actually looking like into yourself and finding out maybe like, did you have the wrong priority, like priority of what what you really wanted? Because I think like even if you're not like uh, like super wealthy or something that you can just go and spend money and say like, oh, I want this. Now I'm going to buy that. Now I'm going to invest in that. It's still like everybody has some kind of some kind of time or money that they can invest into changing their life. And if you see something else from somebody, like think to yourself, like, do you really want that above everything else that you're doing? Or is it something that like, it's just nice to have about what you are currently doing is more important. And like realize everybody's making those, those same like choices and trade-offs. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, it's really important to, to really think more deeply about that 
because yeah, time is the most valuable thing that everybody has, and you you are in control, like no matter what, in some way of being able to decide how your time is used. Yeah, I can agree more. I mean, we all have the same amount of time, right? Um, and mm -hmm. I like to speak to the structure of, you know, putting something on a calendar. I get this all of the time, especially working with creatives. They're like, you can't give me structure because I'm creative. I need that like freedom to do whatnot. But, you know, speaking, I am very creative myself, but that, I think that is something is a misconception where people like, they don't want structure because they want freedom, but it's in the structure that gives you that freedom which is kind of, it's like an odd thing to say, 100%. but it's totally true, right? And it also gives that freedom of mind to mm -hmm. not think about something. Like we only have so much in our minds that we can process every day. And the more we make things a habit or automate, then it becomes easy and it opens up our minds to creating, um, to be innovative. So yep. to anyone exactly. that- yeah, it's, yeah, it's really it the is. opposite. Like, yeah, I, I would argue yeah. that as well as a, as a creator myself that when I started my business, I used to think no yeah. schedule, like that's, that's, I'm being an entrepreneur. I can respond to an email whenever I feel like, and like, it doesn't matter if it's in work hours or not. And I feel like I relatively quickly learned like, oh, actually it is better to have a schedule. And yeah, like, as you're saying, I would argue that it's the opposite because if I have all these different meetings or, or tasks or whatever, pulling me all these different directions, where's the time to be creative and exactly. focus, right? And so then I'll purposely schedule like an interview like this, what we're doing now, like I have multiple scheduled today. So that way, like this is the day when I'm doing those things. And then like the next day I can go and sit down and be creative without distractions. Yep. So yeah, super important. Um, and then one other thing I'll say, if someone's like not sure about, you know, what, what their life, to, what they want their life to look like or their priorities, I have a really fun exercise that I have people do is go down to your favorite coffee shop, whatever, pen and paper, and write down, think about what would be your ideal work day and then work weekend day. Because I think they're two different things, right? Because then that way you can also kind of put in a little bit more of the personal. But just write it down, like your every day. And what that does, and be as detailed as possible. Like, you know, I'm drinking a cortado, I don't know, reading the newspaper. Like, just break it down. What would your ideal day look like? And then what that does is you can look at that and analyze it. And then you can see just like subconsciously what your priorities are right now and what you would like your day. It kind of gives you a direction to go into. And it's a really fun exercise. And then I have people highlight like what they can do right now. Because I think that's another misconception. Like people are like, one day, one day I'll live this life. One day I'll, you know, make it or do mm. whatever. But why not start today? Why not start living the way you want today? And what this simple exercise does, what people highlight, like, well, I like challenge them, like, well, what can you start doing today? And they're like, well, I can start doing this today. And then before you know it, most people's page is like uh, at least half highlighted. And then they can take action right away towards that ideal, that work-life balance that they, you know, think is in the way in the future could be starting tomorrow. And then they progress and then you look back and you're like, oh, look, I'm living my ideal day right now. And it's kind of this fun thing to do. And it's a super low lift that anyone can do. So that's a little fun exercise I like to kind of challenge people to do.
Yeah, I think that's a great exercise because also I think there's things that you might initially consider to be like almost a luxury or something that you mm -hmm. don't really need. Um, where it feels like hard to, to say like, oh, well, actually, I, I could do this. But then once you do it, like you realize as well. And so like what I'm talking about more clearly is like it could be things like listing the things that you, you realize you're spending time on right now that you maybe don't enjoy spending time on. It could be like things around the house, like related to cleaning or like yard work and like realizing like, oh, well, actually, I could like pay somebody to help me do those things like once or twice a week or, or whatever it is. And or it could be things related to your business and saying like, okay, well, I'm not I'm not getting enough time to create uh, because I'm I'm constantly talking with these customers and I know that's good, but maybe I could use some help with that kind of thing. And I think like sometimes in our minds we have this this thought that like, oh, well, that's a that's a luxury, like that's an expense that I, I can't really do right now. But if you challenge yourself to really think about it and you do invest in that, like it can be life changing for like allowing you to actually do what you care about. Exactly. And that goes back to being the time, um, valid, like taking your time into account and then being the CEO, right? Delegate, like what you said, the cleaning or just this, the interaction, the email, you know, it took me years to finally say like, okay, I don't need, to, I don't, I don't want to be doing this. Let's delegate this out. And now I'm, yeah free to create, like free to do what I love and then delegate out what, you know, is also busy work that someone else can do um, for you. So yeah, totally agree. Definitely. So you've had an impressive career in the animation and VFX industry. You mentioned like you worked on projects like uh, Ferdinand, Peanuts, Ice Age. How would you say like the experiences in that and like affected your current business? or maybe even still like affects yeah. your current business? I mean, the obvious one is, of course, my expertise and experience and that led me to create the academy to then teach, you know, people that same skill set and um, share my experiences, right? And advise and consult and coach. So that's the obvious. Um, the other thing that was not so obvious that I realized is animation and VFX taught me the power of storytelling, which, you know, seems like now that I say, I'm like, of course, animation is all about storytelling, but then it made me realize that everything's about storytelling. Like even my tech job right now, it's, it's about storytelling. What kind of story am I trying to tell to get buy-in on investing in this product, right? So I think, you know, coming from the entertainment industry where everything is based around the story, the way I light, like what kind of story am I trying to tell in lighting? Like where am I directing the viewer's eye? The same thing holds true with every single industry, like marketing, you know, like you're trying to tell a story. You're trying to like share what you want to share with wherever your audience is um, and have them, you know, share their own stories too. So I think when it comes down to it, that's the biggest impact in my current. And I continue to think about, you know, whenever I'm writing even like a business stock or I'm like, what's the story? I like step back and like, what's the story am I, am I trying to tell? And we're all storytellers. And I think that's how you really engage with people and get them involved and um, excited, right? And what's their story? What is your story, right? I think 
that's the connection that one can never also be replaced by like AI or something like that. Like we're all unique in our own ways. And that's where I'll encourage also entrepreneurs. Like even if you see someone doing something similar than you, they're still not you, right? What's your unique story to that with Mm -hmm. your spin? It's going to be different um, and tap into that. So I think that's, that's the biggest impact that working in the animation field has really um, helped me with and continues to help me with. I almost think of like, you know, I think of the storylines of an animation sometimes. Um, it makes me smile. Yeah. Yeah. No, so many great points there. And I think you brought up a really good one about like course creation in general. Like it's your unique message is what people care about. And that's so powerful because if you had like an e-commerce business or something like that, you're selling like these, these like physical widgets on Amazon or whatever, like you might be selling exactly the same thing as somebody else. And like, you can tell a story around that and like try to tell it better of why they should buy yours. Um, But it is the same thing. Like there is no difference. And so people worry about competition, but like, that's when you have to worry about competition when like, you're really like competing with exactly the same thing. When it comes to like a course business, a community, like no one can compete with that, that like what you have is completely unique. So even if it's the same field, like there is no one that has your message. And I, th- I think that's a, a really good way to frame it and to look at it that creators should keep in mind if you're, you're worried about like the competition yeah, out there. Absolutely, I completely agree. And, uh, and the storytelling though, like in general, I agree is super important as well. And I think we think to ourselves sometimes that like, oh, this, this isn't like, I'm not like trying to like entertain people here or something, but like really you are. And that's still important because like you want to have people's attention and like investment in whatever it is that you're doing with them. And so even like you mentioned like the business document and everything, like a proposal, like I think that's a, an excellent example, but I find myself more and more thinking about that, like with everything, um, like, to be honest with this, this interview here, I was thinking like, okay, well, what's, what's the best way to do it? And I'm, I'm actually like been questioning myself as we go through it, because I think we have a really good engaging conversation now. And I was wondering like, well, should we have started more with this part and, uh, and then told like your, your background later or something like that. But I think like, it's always important to, to think about this and like how you're telling the story because everything you're doing you're you're telling some kind of story behind that yeah absolutely and then yeah and then i would joke it's like the power of editing you can kind of edit it in order to tell to go mm. back and and kind of play with the storyline but yeah and it's i mean your stories it's a continuous process i think that's what's so interesting about anybody's journey is Probably no one could have, I know I couldn't have predicted where I am today, 10 years ago, or how I got here. Um, although I, I love my plans and whatnot, my spreadsheets, I'd love to like that. But there's something about um, kind of the organic conversation, right, too, of figuring out where you're going. And I'm all about making plans and visioning out where you want to be, but then also being open to the other things that will pop up kind of the similar thing that you're saying we were talking about like woodworking or like taking these other things that will spark something that you might not have expected so my thing too about is about like entrepreneurship or just life in general like 
make your plans. I'm, I'm, I'm completely about, you know, having that idea of what you want and focusing in because otherwise you'll just be too aimless. But then, like, have that vision around you and keep your eyes open because you never know what's going to happen. And then be opening to pivoting or adjusting um, and being flexible. So I think that's also really important in, in life in general as you're going through the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, so I think speaking of that, one of the things that's rapidly kind of evolving in the world today is mm -hmm. AI. So I think it's interesting to see how creators begin to leverage that. Can you share any examples of how you have started using AI in your creative processes? Yeah, so I know AI is a very, you know, hot topic and especially among creatives, right? And for me, in my perspective of AI is, I see AI as another tool. Same thing when the camera was, you know, first developed. Uh, how can I utilize this in my creation process? And I know, you know, AI is a bit different from that, but instead of instead of fearing it, or fearing the possibilities of like, especially from the creative perspective, you know, I've heard a lot of like jobs are going to go away and this is for every sector actually, you know, tech, everything. It's so early in, in AI. It, now is a time to explore, be curious and just learn, like digest as much as you can and leverage it. So for me on my personally, I've been playing with it. Like if you go on my Instagram, I have like some AI stuff, gen AI stuff that I've been playing with just to like, get a feel of what the capabilities are. On the business side of it, I've been playing with it, you know, um, speeding up my productivity for all these things. And basically, how can you leverage it? So I think AI is a, a great tool. I do think there, probably, there needs to be regulation around it, and hopefully that will be coming. Um, and in the meantime, deep dive, go into it, be curious. Think about if you're in, if you're doing a course creation, for instance, like the easiest thing is help have AI as your assistant with your course outline, right? And I've done this. I was, I was actually just doing this the other day for a new thing. And it's amazing. And you can like talk to it and give it specific notes and then use it as like a brainstorming session. And it's a productivity tool. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like AI is just a super power productivity tool that can optimize your time, your output, and 10x things that would, yes, would probably would have had you outsource out for a certain expertise. But um, it's the time to utilize it. Because I think as an entrepreneur, for sure, when we're so lean and we don't have that many resources, especially when you're starting out, it's like an amazing tool that you can utilize. If there's anything yep. I will say, whenever I run into a headache of like, oh, this is taking me so much time. Now my go-to is like, you know, I bet there's a, an AI tool that will help me. And then I'll go on to Google and do this. And I just did this the other day for editing a video really quickly because I was doing something was super tedious. And I was like, you know, there's gotta be a better way. And within five minutes, I found this amazing tool I think it's called Descript AI. And it like, I, my mind, 
Yep, we yeah, and one. it's like, it's amazing, right? And I was like, okay, well, this just saved me five hours of my life today. Like, huge. So the thing about it, yeah, so that's what, especially for your audience of entrepreneurs and especially solo ones that, you know, there's only, going back to time, there's, so much, there's only so much time in the day. Go and dive into AI. Learn it, learn how to leverage it. And um, yeah, and then as a creative, it is a great creative tool, I have to say. I was, I was playing with uh, Stable Diffusion last night with my kids, which is a uh, local, like a standalone Gen AI. And oh my God, they were having so much fun. Like we were all having fun. We're like, let's create a, um, what was it? A peacock sea monster wearing a gold party hat. And I could share like, the output, it was hilarious. And my kid, we were up way too late doing it. And we're like, let's do this one. Let's do that one. So it, it's like a way to kind of bring your vision to life in like a quick iterative visual way. And as a creator, I'm just like, my mind is like going, I'm like, oh, I wish I could stay up all night. It's like I'm in college again. And I'm like, want to pull all night and work on a project. And it's, I mean, talk about another kind of spark, right? Like woodworking or whatever. It's like, then now I have all these ideas of the possibilities. And to speak to like AI replacing, you know, creatives or techs or, you know, engineers or whatnot, I mean, I still see as a tool, you still need an expert in there. Like I run a team of uh, engineer, like programmers. And if you're not a programmer, you can't, like you can get, you can type something into AI, but you need someone, you need that expert still to like go through and there's bugs there's things that you need to troubleshoot so at this point i'm not seeing it being like anyone could go in and do all that stuff that's why i say i see it as a productivity tool like someone with an expertise already how can you then like 10x that um so yeah that's my view on ai so far but it's super fun if you haven't gotten into it i highly encourage it (laughs) definitely yeah i think that it's such an incredible time and for like the individual entrepreneur the small team mm-hmm. especially ai is so powerful in being able to leverage that and all of a sudden you can do so much more now and like to be clear like we're not talking about like having it do everything yeah. for you because um, like as we said earlier like it's your unique message is what's important and like ai can't yeah. be that only you can be that but it can do all these things to help you like do these tedious things brainstorming like one of the things i did is we took all of our podcast episodes and like we embedded it into the ai so then i could go and ask it like what's the most surprising thing i ever said or like what are like top like five interesting things i talked about like all this kind of thing that like it would take hours of yourself or somebody else to like go through and like try to figure that out and start to list it and rank it but you can just like ask ai about that right away and like that will give you ideas for like more content that you can create and more things that you can build. I agree completely. Awesome. One of the things we'd like to do on the show is have every guest ask a question to the audience. So Jasmine, if you could ask our audience anything, whether it's something that you kind of want them to think about or something that you're just curious about, what would that be? Interesting. So one, I think my question would be going back to you know, that simple exercise that anyone can do like right now would be, what does your ideal work day or weekend day look like? Um, 
write it down, highlight what you can start doing tomorrow or today, and also take a look at it and then see if like where your priorities are, because then you can kind of see what's important to you. You might surprise yourself. Um, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that would be part of such an important part of my day, but it is. I need that, you know, walk in the park for an hour or something. Like, that's where I think the work-life balance really helps um, kind of play a part in how you vision very unique version of freedom and your balance in life. So, yeah, I think that would be my question. What's your ideal um, day look like? And then feel free to send it to me. Because that's a funny thing. It's like, I'm asking you this question, but... Yeah, will I ever get the answer back? Um. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have it on, uh, when this premieres live, you'll be able to see on our oh, uh, YouTube. Um, but, uh, but yeah, definitely. Also, like, if, uh, if depending on when you're watching this or if uh, Jasmine doesn't see it, like, please send it to her. And, yeah, then to, to finish this off then, where can people find you online? Yeah, so for the Academy, the Animation Academy... Our tag is Academy of Animated Art, and that's also our website, academyofanimatedart.com. And then for me personally, um, and then for my creative uh, creativity coaching aspect of my career, uh, you can find me at Jazz Katat. So it's J-A-Z-Z-K-A-T-A-T -A -A um, is my tag on Instagram would be the best place. There's also a website. I always think I should uh, change that. Tagline, but my name is so long, so we'll see. <laughs> to my full name, but I'm always like my name. My last name feels really daunting to people. Um, but yes, Jazz Katat for now. All right, awesome. Well, thanks so much for yeah, coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to join our free community of over 5,000 creators at CreatorClimb.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, check out the Heights Platform YouTube channel every Tuesday at 9 a.m. U.S. Central. To get notified when new episodes release, join our newsletter at thecreatorsadventure.com. Until then, keep learning, and I'll see you in the next episode.